Over the past year, we've seen a big uptick in the oil and gas market of new players wanting to get into power generation, into renewables and solar, um, as they have their own green initiatives, they have their own carbon reduction footprint strategies. This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelsey Misbrenner, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine, and I'm here today with Ben Anderson. He's the Project Manager at Black & Veatch, um, an EPC that's based in Kansas. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it, Kelsey. So Black & Veatch has been around for a long time with a very long history of construction work. Can you tell me a little bit about its journey to solar? Yeah, so Black & Veatch has been around for over 100 years now, right? Very long-term company, done a lot in the power business. It's really kind of interesting. We were very big into coal when when coal was kind of the king of of power generation Did a lot of coal plants. Um, You know, renewables for us is is relatively new in the overall company history. Um, You know, as part of of what we looked at here at Black & Veatch and, and our future looking at where the market was going in power generation. Uh, one of the things that, that we decided as a company was to go ahead and, and stop adding new coal projects to our portfolio, right? About 2018, you know, there was a, an overall directive, hey guys, we're gonna finish what we've started for the clients we've committed to in coal, um, but, but we're not gonna take any new projects because we think that coal is something that that was yesterday's technology, we're moving on to new opportunities like renewables, like solar, like wind, um, and, and really wanted to have our statements match our actions. And, and that was a, a big deal here at the company. I, I know it was at the forefront of sort of a, a movement of transitioning power generation to, to new technologies, new methods. Um, and I think it was a big statement by the company. I personally joined the renewables group uh, in 2015, which was really the beginning of us getting into the main EPC space. Uh, We have a a very strong engineering background, had done a lot of studies and and overall engineering services associated with renewables, solar, wind. Um, You know, we we have a hydro business and and really we started getting into EPC 2015 timeframe and expanded greatly as, as sort of the overall market has expanded. You know, we, we look at renewables now as, as one of our main pillars of the company here. Um, solar being a big piece of, of what we look at doing every year from a, a business perspective. And I did notice that Black & Veatch is actually building quite a few massive projects for oil and gas companies. So you've kind of kept that background going to bring those companies into the future a little bit. Yeah, so we, we really center ourselves around more technology solutions rather than specific, you know, clientele. Um, you know, we try to provide answers to the problems that they have. And, and over the past year, we've seen a big uptick in the oil and gas market of new players wanting to get into power generation, into renewables, into solar, um, as they have their own green initiatives, as they have their own carbon reduction footprint strategies. And we've been a good partner with them over the years, associated with a lot of oil and gas work that we've done and are helping a lot of those guys make the transition over to renewables, to solar. Um, it, it's always interesting, right? Because they they bring an oil and gas mindset and there's a lot of uh, solar 101 training that, that you end up doing with uh, new clients that are in the industry to, to stay for a long time, but are brand new to it. 
Um, so that's been a really intriguing part of, of bringing these guys over and being still the partners that, that we have been with them to, to help them answer their new problems. What has made Black & Beach successful as a solar EPC? So a lot of our focus over the years has, has been trying to train and grow our professionals. Um, you know, it takes a lot of people to build a solar plant, right? Start to finish from, you know, conceptual design through commissioning of the project. And we've been really focused on building core teams, growing core teams, and then finding the next round of, of people to come up into those positions and, and continue to expand the, the overall business line. Um, I, I think that focus on the people is, is what's made us successful um, because a lot of it revolves around how um, individuals perform and, and do in a day-to-day -day basis and how they find their eventual successors and, and grow with the business line that, that we see. What has been the most rewarding moment of your career with Black & Beach so far? You know, this is always a hard one, right? There's a lot of, a lot of good times. Um, and, and there's also a lot of difficulties. And, and to me, a lot of the rewarding pieces of, of joining the Renew Group when I did, right? The, the business was still early. It was still in the phase where, where we were trying to get pricing for solar to be in line with other technologies. You know, a lot of people probably looked at us more like a hobby uh, than a, a full-on power generation line. And, and just seeing sort of the growth in renewables and solar specifically here over the past few years, um, it's really rewarding to see now that, you know, we have very good pricing, right? We're very competitive in the market overall in the U.S. And, and it, it's really coming through on the number of facilities that are coming through the pipeline and how many people are now focusing in on the, the solar market. So I, I really like how much it's been built over the last few years and and how the market has adapted to, um, to everything that's going on. Um, what would you say is the most unique project you have worked on? So I've been privileged to be on a job that, that we've done two rounds now with it, but um, you know, the, there is a uh, overall community down in Florida called Babcock Ranch. Uh, they had built their community around a, a concept of, hey, this is, what we think the future may look like for a community if you start with certain guiding principles at the beginning one of them being you know completely carbon neutral right overall as part of the process um, we built two rounds of solar plants we built one back in you know commission 2016 uh, when they were very very new in their overall build and then i got to go back again in 2018 and see really the growth of babcock ranch how many people had moved into there how they had built their community um, I, I know thinking about it from that perspective is very unique being part of that process with them and helping support their overall goals because it is something that you know we, we kind of take for granted that the communities just kind of pop up and they grow and they get bigger. Um, they, they really started with the, the end in mind and it, it's a really interesting uh, interesting locale if, if you haven't looked at it or read about it it's it's something that's um, a little different but but also probably really exciting. Was that the community that like survived the crazy latest yes. hurricane on scale? Yeah, so the hurricane came through, right? The the solar field that we built was what was helping power them. They had a, a big battery storage installed there too. So while everybody else around them didn't have any power, they were set, right? They were going, you know, they had built in flooding mitigation into their, their overall concept planning associated with the community they had there. And yeah, it, it survived the hurricane last year as it went right through them, right? So really interesting to be part of that 
that community. And I was really in, intrigued watching that last year, right? And, and how they it handled it. You know, I, I don't think anyone on their side expected it to do as well as it did. And, and we were all very excited to see that. Yeah, that was definitely a major headline after that hurricane that this kind of needs to be the neighborhood of the future for coastal cities like that. Right. So I understand that Black and Beach is also involved in some solar powered green hydrogen projects. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, again, we focus on solutions here. As we transition into the future and we look forward of, of where we think energy you know, production and storage could go, hydrogen is a very big piece of that pie. And right now we, we have under construction the largest hydrogen facility, 220 megawatts of daily production that would be all renewable-based production, green hydrogen, um, along with the storage facility there that, that's being built um, over in Utah. So we think it's a, a huge deal and a big opportunity for, for power generation. You know, if you look at solar, you know, we make a lot of power, but not necessarily at the right times that, that we want it all, right? And so storage mechanisms have always been kind of, you know, improving, but but we're still looking for more, right? You know, the, the old molten salt uh, battery storage where it's at now to potential new technologies, new mechanisms to store the energy. Um, Hydrogen is one of them that, that's a potential, that's a possibility. And there's a lot of already infrastructure to handle hydrogen or to handle some of the offshoots of that. Sticking on the topic of technology, how does Black & Beach stay on the leading edge of new tech in construction itself? Um, for example, I read about you guys using AI um, in a pilot program with Honda, if you could tell me about that. Yeah, so Kelsey, we're always like looking forward, you know, one of the things that's great about Black & Beach is that, you know, we're, we're willing as a company to take risk and, and kind of look at new ideas and try them out in some capacity. Um, you know, autonomous or AI-driven equipment is something that we've been looking at for five or six years now as a company. And it's really focused around, again, how we can help support our professionals and our people out in the field, in the office, to improve what they do every day, right? Um, you know, we're looking for applications and additional technologies that give them better tools to achieve the goals that they have. And, you know, autonomous you know, equipment is part of that, right? And it's it's something that, that we work really hard on trying to incorporate, finding test cases, right? I've run test projects where we, we try things out, um, we learn about it, and then we, we sit down at the end, do a lessons learned and talk about, okay, what, what could go better? What went great? How do we make it better for the overall group? And, and it's really just about giving our professionals the best opportunity to be as successful as possible and really get as much done as we can, because there's a lot out there, right? There's a lot of construction that's going on, a lot more that's coming, um, and, and we've got to innovate and stay on the edge of that, which means we've got to constantly be looking for what's next, trying out what's next, and, and incorporating that into our base, right? Okay, so you see that as complementing your workforce and not necessarily like replacing jobs. Yeah, it's definitely a complement to it, and Again, it's, it's more about enhancing the tools they have than, than anything else, right? You know, looking, you know, we, we talk about a term internally we use as like force multiplier, right? We're trying to multiply the force that, that people have and can impact on the day-to-day -day work. We'll be right back. 
This edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast is brought to you by Scanafly, the only drone-based solar design software. Learn more about Scanafly at scanafly.com. Now back to the show. Talk to me a little bit about how the IRA is impacting Black and Beach as a large EPC. Are you guys working on new prevailing wage and apprenticeship initiatives? Yeah, so IRA has been interesting, right? Especially with the guidance or lack thereof, however you want to look at it, right? Um, We are working through, especially in our open shop areas, a lot of different discussions with individual states about apprenticeship programs how we'd run, operate, maintain those. Um, you know, we've gotten to the point now where I think we feel comfortable that we have a, a pretty defined way of handling this, um, but it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot more work than it was before. But it, again, Kelsey, it's kind of in line with, with what we're saying. You know, we see it as an opportunity to grow our professionals more than we have in the past, and, and we're leaning into that. Right. So so we really are trying to find the right candidates to put into the apprenticeship program, meet the requirements, but but also give them the opportunity to grow and expand their careers. Right. The intent here is to get more qualified technicians, more qualified people out in the field because we need a lot of them. We need them qualified. We need them to do well. And, and it's good for everybody in the industry. Right. For for people like us. And I know there's other ones, you know, of our size that are, are working together to try to really implement this and, and be frontline partners with with the states and, and others to get this through and make sure that we're training the next generation of the workforce. I'm glad to hear that you're, you've found a way through for now, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of learning there, along the way. Yeah, like, like most things, I'm sure there'll be monkey wrenches thrown at some point, but, but sure. we do feel like we have the intent of the program kind of identified and, and how we would get that, that classroom activity, the training, the testing, things of that nature, paperwork done, so. Okay. What is preventing you from installing more projects? Well, you know, there's there's a few items, but the biggest one is people, right? Like, like we need more people everywhere. Everybody needs more people right now you know, from engineering to procurement to construction, you know, there, there is just such a big wave coming through that, that we're all looking at adding more qualified people, training more people, right? There's some, like, like solar has always been where there's some switching of hats, right? Everybody kind of stays in solar, but you may have new new company hat on. Uh, we're to the point now where it's so big that we can't even, that that's not sustainable, right? We need to keep growing our, our core people in the business line and and keep recruiting more people in and and training them. So the other piece that that we're seeing is is really holding us back from doing more jobs is the interconnect queue. Uh, There's a lot of solar that's gone into the queue. Um, You know, lead times for that has increased um, and, and not every single interconnect is handling it well or the same way. And so those items are really pushing back some of the projects and moving dates out associated with it due to the the study approval and and things of that nature. I think that there has been at least some movement from the federal government to make that a little more streamlined, but I'm sure there's a lot of work to be done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, everybody's trying. We wanted to get, you know, we want to clear the log jam, but it's, it's still a log jam right now. It's, it's not like, you know, the supply chain during COVID where it was kind of, yeah, we, we knew that someday COVID would be over. We didn't know how long, right? But we knew that the bottleneck would 
relieve itself at some point. I, I don't know if that's going to happen with interconnects. I, I think they're just going to keep getting more and more requests. What are some future product trends you are looking forward to? I know you guys are on the cutting edge of most things. So, you know, there's there's a part of the technology basis that, you know, suppliers continue to push forward with. Um, you know, the module manufacturers continue to get larger size panels with more production, right? The byproduct suppliers have worked with that. I, I'm interested to see how we kind of continue to progress the design basis side of solar, right? Are we going to get to 2KV lines? Are we going to higher amperage fuses, right? Are we going to someday hopefully maybe get to breakers inside of inverter skids, all those things. Um, I'm interested to see how we continue to progress because it's it's been constant, right? We've been continually getting better at producing the power with what we have. Um, and I expect that to continue in the future. Um, the, the other piece I'm interested to see is, is the whole repowering concept, right? It's coming up more and more as we get towards the back end lifespan of the earlier installs and, and how we handle, you know, inverter lifespans that, that may only be 15 years long. How do you handle swap outs of that? How do you handle potential repowering where, where maybe you swap the panels out to a higher wattage module? Um, and how you reuse the, the foundations and support steel for that? Like, like that is something that's, that really hasn't come to fruition yet. We, we talk about it, but we haven't really put all the pieces together. That's another thing that, that we really need to start solving as some of these uh, initial plants start getting towards the, the end of their life cycle. So, Are you guys doing any O&M work as well as an EPC? So we do a minimal amount of O&M, Kelsey, right? A lot of more monitoring than we do actual operations. Um, so, so we have a lot of monitoring software. Um, you know, we, we look at ourselves probably more as a, an EPC, build it, get it there, commission. Um, that's historically what we've been as well. A lot of our clients have their own operation and maintenance groups um, internally that, that we don't really need to serve. Um, but, but we do have a small presence there. Any other thoughts on the state of solar right now? I It just feels like an exciting time, Kelsey. I, you know, that for whoever went to RE Plus, there was a lot of us there. It felt like such a breakthrough year. You know, everybody was coming back. We had so many people attend there in Anaheim. Um, I, I just feel like this technology is is finally reached what, what we all thought it could be. And that's really exciting. And being able to see that and be part of it and, and continue to grow it is, is really interesting. And like I said, we need more qualified people. We need more great people. Um, and it's people like us that, that need to bring in them, train them, and, and get them to that next step because the, this business isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We need more power generation. There's only so many options. This is one of, of the ones that, that's great. It's good pricing-wise, makes sense overall, um, and, and it's going to continue to flourish. Absolutely. Well, that's very hopeful at note to end on. So thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Kelsey. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as I talk to solar contractors across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online at solarpowerworldonline.com for more great featured content and breaking solar news. See you back here next month.